Welcome to the UND Chi Alpha Podcast, a podcast to shape students that are making disciples and changing culture on the university campus, the marketplace, and the world. Welcome to the podcast. We're happy that you are back again. It's the second episode, um, and I have another hairstyle. So check back for the third episode. I might have another one. We'll see. I've been thinking about cutting it, but I don't know. Hey, this is our guest, Pastor Mark Erickson. And I just want to let him have the floor to introduce himself a little bit. Where are you from? Why are you here? Mm. And what's the best sport on the face of the planet? Cool. You set me up with nice questions. (laughs) Uh, I'm from Roseau, Minnesota, and I I call it heaven. I know Mm. most probably don't, but I, I think it's amazing. Um, what brought me here? Uh, God, in a short, short answer. My old dream was to go back to Roseau and turn it from a hockey town into a wrestling town. And apparently God's even against that uh, because <laughs> I still finished my degree at North Dakota State with physical and health ed. Mm-hmm. And through Chi Alpha, through encountering God, decided, wow, I, I kind of want to do this ministry thing. And mm-hmm. what happened to me 10 years ago, I want to see that happen to students today. Yeah. And so that's what brought me to UND. Originally came here to help out a campus director, uh, Bryce Meyer, and then uh, he felt led to go into a different form of ministry, so my wife and I took over. And so we were pretty pumped, but uh, on, the, on the best sport question, def- definitely wrestling, because I'm 100% biased, you don't have to think what I think, but uh, I think it shows you more about you than you even wanted to know. Mm. So that, that's my, my plug. If, if that ain't the truth that I don't understand in the slightest. Nope. <laughs> That's okay. You don't, you don't need to. Appreciate you, bro. Um, I wanted to introduce our relationship a little bit, too, because we've, I think we've wore many different hats in our mm-hmm. relationships over the years. When, yes. I think it was maybe your second or third year at UND when I sort of came into the fold of Chi Alpha. Yep. I remember halfway through my junior year, um, you took me to Red Pepper for the first time in three years because I went my freshman year and realized I, I thought it was garbage. <laughs> It still might be, but I love it. <laughs> I love garbage food. <laughs> you took me to Red Pepper off of uh, 42nd and introduced me to the Coney Dog and just oh, asked, asked me my story. And um, I remember when I was coming to the part where Jesus changed my life and met me in my bedroom, uh, your eyes just started to water. And it mm. was something that I didn't recognize because I had been away from church culture for a really long time and just like the kingdom for a mm. really long time. I remember you saying, Hey, I'm just because when God changes your life, that that messes me up. So that was my first interaction with you. And then later on as a student, when we were hanging out, one of the things that I remember was like a a shifting moment in my life was I came when we hung out at the bookstore. And uh, I was like, Mark, I'm drowning. I don't know how to control my time. I remember this now. (laughs) I don't know how to control my time. So you said, hey. Uh, what did you? What's the verse that you send with uh, the format? Usually, Ephesians four talks about how the the days are evil, so use your time wisely. Yes, basically says don't be dumb. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so I Mark love that one. Sent me the PDF file of like his schedule and was like, hey, tell your time where to go. Yes, that's oh, good truth. And that was so amazing for me. And now, like because of that moment, I have a Google Calendar, and it tells me what I'm plug. doing. So get a Google Calendar. <laughs> It will help your life immensely. A calendar, but Google, yes, we love Google. (laughs) Exactly. And so then the other thing, the final thing I want to do before we get into the meat of the podcast is um, something I've always appreciated about Mark is that 
uh, he doesn't over Sim, or he oversimplifies things to the point where you can understand it. Not oversimplify. <laughs> he doesn't make I things you. I hear you. too complicated. There it is. You don't make things too complicated. Yeah. I sat down with you at archives and I asked you about a hard piece of scripture yeah. in uh, Isaiah. Isaiah. Right? Yep. And saying, "Hey, Isaiah, your mission is to make the ears not hear mm-hmm. and the eyes not see." And I was like, "Mark, why would he say to do that?" And Mark's like. I don't know, but he said it. <laughs> yeah. And that gone. blew my mind because I grew up thinking, like, you always have to make the scripture make you feel good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I know this isn't our topic for today, but it comes up a lot. We're, we're finite beings yeah. trying to understand the infinite. Yeah. And we love Ravi Zacharias, and he said it so well when the infin- finite tries to fully identify the infinite, the infinite category ceases to exist. Mm. And so, yeah, we have to be okay with not understanding everything <sighs> as much as I love to know things. <laughs> you was, know this. Exactly. That was mind-blowing for yep. me to think, I can just read the scripture and take it for what it's worth and read it at face value and then trust God that he's going to reveal mm. truth to me. Preach, bro. Over and over again. And so we're going to get into the rest of the podcast today. And I just want to hear... Pastor Mark, your heart on why does UND Chi Alpha exist? If you had to explain to a freshman listening mm. for the first time, why does UND Chi Alpha even exist mm. on the campus? I mean, we have like our slogans and all that stuff that we can we can talk about. But yeah. if I was sitting with like a freshman right now, so you're, you just became freshman for a moment, yes, I, I would tell you like your professors can teach you the 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 class you're in, whether it's aviation or whatever, philosophy, you name it, they can mm-hmm. teach you those things, and that's great. Um, and I think that's super important because God wants us to be people who learn. But when it comes to, to Chi Alpha, we're very focused on, I'm going to say, soul care. Mm. Like, we're, we're focused on not so much, like, we're focused on what's going to happen here, but what's going to happen next? Like, one day, you're going to pass away, you're going to die. Okay what's on the other side? Like, what's heaven like? What, what's hell? Like, well, what are those things? And so I, I really want to talk about with people, like, who God says they really are. I, I know I'm throwing more quotes out there. I forget who said it. But there's a guy who says, you know, here's what the world says you are. Here's what you say you are. But then here's who God knows who you are. Yeah. And that, that's all I want students to know. I want them to know why, why they exist. Yeah. So you talked about how you want them to know who God says they are, mm-hmm. the freshman yeah. coming in. What was that experience like for you in college? Uh, when did you find that out, who God says you are? That's a, I love that question. Thank you for asking. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely like, like kind of boom moments, but then everything's like process. I, that's one of the other maybe frustrating things about God. You, you pray for an oak tree, he gives you an acorn. Because mm-hmm. he's a God of process. Yes. And I remember... Uh, being in small group and a small group you know what that's like guys talking about the Bible but this time uh, they were just talking about their life stories and how much they needed Jesus and things they were struggling with and I was uh, kind of shook by their their vulnerability Mm. and after seeing their vulnerability I decided to be vulnerable and after I was being vulnerable I realized I was I was such a hypocrite (laughs) I wasn't a true like born-again follower of Jesus and in that moment, the small group leader asked if I wanted to really dedicate my life to Jesus and get mm-hmm. that sin out of my life. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so that was like one of the first, like, wow, I, I, know, I know God. Mm-hmm. Cool. But then as my relationship with him progressed, 
It was just through time of reading the Bible, about what the Bible said about me, about God, and then listening to, to other like followers of Christ, listening to pastors and their messages. And through that, I really found out kind of the thing we just talked about. Mm. It's not the world that defines me. It's not even who I think I am. It's who God says I am. Yeah. And that, that shaped me. I became a better athlete, better student, better person. I, I was able to love my neighbor without getting jealous because <laughs> God's love was enough for me, so I didn't need to take from that person. Mm. It, it changed everything. Mm. It was so good. I love the, the word process that you used. Mm. And the, we asked for an oak tree, and he gives us an acorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's this song by Hillsong United, and I forget what it's called at the moment, but he draws this picture of a sequoia tree. And I listened to him talk about the song like a little bit later after it was released. Mm. And he talked about the sequoia tree. And for a sequoia seed to actually grow, it needs to endure a harsh winter. And it, when it endures mm. that harsh winter, it learns what it takes to stand tall. That's good. And to grow. And I know that for the last several years, you just had something pretty awesome oh, yeah. happen in your life. Totally. When maybe for the, that period of time, you've gone through some winter seasons. Mm -hmm. Totally. Talk about that and talk about the cool thing that just happened in the Erickson yeah, thank household. You. But, uh, the cool thing, we, we just adopted a baby boy. Yeah. He is uh, three weeks, three and a half uh, weeks old right now. And so he's such a gift. But you, you know the story. Uh, mm. I, that was not the plan. Yeah. The plan was to have three little state champs by now, um, and that just that did not work out. But seven-ish years ago, all, we'll say five to be safe, seven to five years ago, yeah. my wife knows the timeline better than I do, <laughs> um, we found out that uh, infertility was part of uh, our story, and it all has to do with me. My wife passed mm. all her tests. I did not, and I won't get into all the issues. Feel free to ask. Yeah. I'm very open, but... I understand that's sometimes squirmy yeah. stuff for people. But anyways, we realized in vitro was possible for us, um, but still a huge risk of it maybe not working. Mm. And so we're like, well, 30 to 50 grand to maybe have a kid naturally, or 30 to 50 grand to for sure adopt a kid. I, I want to adopt a kid. Mm. And so that's the route we picked for the first one. And we're still looking to build our family off the foster to adopt. But in that season, I mean, I, I was, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm not like the most disciplined person, but I definitely like my regiment because yeah. I like to grow with God. Discipline's a sweet thing. Yeah. But in that season, oh, I threw out so much stuff. It just went out the window because I didn't, I didn't know how to like process some of the things I was feeling and going through because I was, I was angry at God. I was upset, and and then I was upset at myself and trying to understand how God is good in the midst of my dreams being shaken and yeah. and all that stuff. And I'm like, God. I'm going to produce godly children. Come on. Like, what's up with this? And so, and believing in physical healing and it not happening, lots of stuff in this. Yeah. But uh, probably the sweetest moments was just uh, being with God, airing all that stuff, and then just feeling a tangible sense of his presence. And uh, I don't really know exactly how to describe that for our, for our listeners, yeah. but it was just, uh, it was comforting. And the Holy Spirit is a comforter is what the, what yeah. the Bible talks about. And... Now being on the other side of all that, I, I wouldn't trade those moments, whether they were one minute with his presence or half hour or whatever. Mm. It was, I won't trade it for anything, yeah. you know, so oh, How, how's that. that? So great. Does that make sense? Thank you Hope for sharing so. because I, I feel like when what we think life is supposed to be like doesn't happen, mm -hmm. it shakes our identity. But it's so yep. cool to hear that going through a winter season actually helped you figure out 
who God said you were further. Yeah, you, so you said it better than I did. It, it, it shored everything up. Yeah. And I don't, I, yeah. When I, when I think about it, who we are helps us define what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think it put passion into what we do. And so talk about it now, being a, a missionary to yeah. the campus, being the leader of our Chi Alpha. How do we accomplish the oh. task of reconciling students to Christ on mm. the college campus? What is the way that we do it and why? Yeah, the, the way we, we wrote it out so that it could be pretty understood is we get students into authentic small groups uh, because... I mean, speaking on my own understandings, mm-hmm. we seem to be skeptic of like any person in authority or like what's this person's agenda or whatever. So we love that word authentic because mm. um, if there's anything Jesus was with people, he was he was the real deal. Yeah. He told them stuff they didn't like. He told yeah. them stuff they liked. And he, he was the true authentic Jesus. Yeah. And so we feel that if we can be Christ's ambassadors, accurate representations of Jesus, just authentic lovers of God and lovers of people. And then if we can get people into a community, they can see what God is really like. And if they can see what God is really like, it's not a, hey, come, give your life to Jesus. We're going to force you. (laughs) It's They're going to be like, I want to follow this Jesus. I want to follow him because he... He's so real. He's so authentic, and mm. he knows me, and he has what I'm looking for. He's the thirst that satisfies. You know mm. the stuff. Um, but so that's we want students to get in an authentic small group because you, you, we both love large group service. We love to preach. We love to worship. Yeah, yeah. But it's so easy to hide in a, in large groups of people. It's so easy just to like hear stuff and then and then leave. But in an authentic small group, your real relationship, you're kind of you have to be seen. Yeah. You have to be known. So why is small group the precedent? Why is small group the model? Mm. Why is it the way to reconcile students to Christ and to show people Mm. the real God? Why is it important? Is there somebody that modeled it in the Bible? <laughs> I see. I see. That's a good. That was a good feed. Uh, yes, actually, the model is is Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he did a fantastic job. I mean, one of a uh, besides the Bible, a, a great book that talks about a master plan of evangelism. Uh, talks about how Jesus had his three uh, inner three: uh, mm. Peter, James, and John, and then he had the the other disciples, and he really invested so much time into them and. He had times where he had thousands of people following him and where he would actually take those 12 and leave so he could minister most to them. Mm. And so we, we see small groups as a, really a wise investment of our time because the days are evil. Yeah. And so we have to use our time wisely. And so I could preach to 8,000 people every single day and I don't think it's going to be as effective as spending one whole year with 12 dudes. Yeah. When we spend that much time with people, they're no longer just attenders. They become like soldiers in our army. Mm. Um, we don't want an audience. We want an army. And mm. so that's, that's small groups totally modeling Jesus' method. Yeah. Uh, why, why do something different than Jesus? <laughs> Amen to yeah. that. And it's, it's simple. It's, Thank God for simple. It's simple. Yep. But it has immense impact. Mm-hmm. And I love yep. it because by our standards, I think in like, by our standards, we would look at the life of Jesus and... At the end of his ministry, his life and his death and his resurrection, he had 120 people who followed his one of his last commands. Yeah, <laughs> 120 that actually yeah listened. Just to what actually he said, sat stayed. and stayed where he told them to stay. Right. After three years, after 33 years of living on the earth and three mm-hmm. years of active ministry, yep. and he staked basically the fate of the universe on 12 dudes. Yeah. You're not wrong. 
And so talk a little bit about as that death was approaching, as like mm. what he knew he had to do was approaching his approach. When things got worse, what did he do more? Mm. What did he value more? Yeah, the, it's, it's really fun, especially the, the Gospel of John. I mean, I think the last three chapters before his crucifixion, uh, 14 through 17, if I'm remembering mm -hmm. right, it's all this conversation he was having with his disciples, with his 12. Yeah. So when you figure, oh, my time is limited on earth, I need to share the gospel. Like, I need to preach to thousands. That's not what he did. Mm -hmm. he, he spent most of his time with his disciples and with his father. Yeah. Um, that's another fun thing about Jesus. When ministry was at its greatest peak, a success, followers, he would withdraw and just be with the father. Mm. And so it was between the father and his disciples. Father, disciples. So we try to model that investment of really putting our time with being with God and then being with the people that, that want to be like God too. Mm. And so that's where... Jesus spent most of his time before he left. Mm. And even after he was resurrected, oh, uh, I'll go a little longer do into it, this. Do it. But when he was resurrected, I mean, the resurrected Christ, everyone, I can say, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people in Jerusalem saw him die. Yeah. And instead of going to Caesar, instead of going to Pontius Pilate, instead of going to Herod, he doesn't go to any of them. <laughs> he goes to his disciples. He goes to people that already believed in him. Why? Yeah. Because he wasn't interested in like, I'm going to show the whole world in this way they expect. No, he, he showed his investment into people that already believed in his message and he gave them hope, mm. hope to carry it on. And so, why would Jesus do that? Honestly, it doesn't make total sense to me, yeah. but he invested in his close people, his close friends. And that, that's just what we should do. Mm. So the resurrection too is just a case in point for me of like, invest into the people that you're tight with. Yeah, so good. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing your heart on that. Thanks, thanks for having me. It was I fun. agree with it, bro, hundred uh, percent. Um, so, share one final thing that you want to say to the freshman that's mm. walking onto campus this year in a pandemic, in this crazy world, and yeah. then give us a resource of the week, something to encourage us and equip us. Come on. Well, to the the freshmen that are watching, I just say we we love you. Um, wherever you're at, whether you're like, oh man, I want to plug into a Christian community, or whether you're like. I don't know this whole Jesus thing. I think you guys are kind of weird. Uh, we would love to have you around yeah. either way. Um, I think in the past people have like maybe, and who I mean be people, I don't know, have like forced kind of Jesus on people. That, that's not what we're about. Yeah. Um, you're allowed to, to kick the tires <laughs> yes. on this whole relationship with Jesus thing. Check it out. Oh, do I want to buy this? Because yeah. it's going to cost you everything to follow Jesus. We'll yeah. always be upfront about that. Um, but to hang out with us, oh man, come, mm. have fun. We love people. Mm. Whether you agree with us or not, we love you. You can belong before you believe. Preach. See, we need to interview you. Where is it? Come on, that's a good one. <laughs> I stole it from him. Yeah, that's all. I, Several people. I'm the same way. <laughs> Resource of the week. What do you want to encourage us and equip Ooh. us with this um, week? It's kind of two, but really it's one, but it's kind of two. Okay, the Bible app, version. Get it on your phone, super easy to read. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hard copy guy. But within the app, uh, the Bible Project, I, okay, the Bible, a lot of what has kept me from reading the Bible is information of like, Obadiah, what in the world is that book about? Yeah. You know, and Bible Project lays out what the book is about and they draw it really cool. And Seriously. so it's captivating to my little attention span. And they're usually five to maybe seven, nine minute videos. And it gives you the overview of the book so you understand more what you're reading. Mm. And so the Bible U version app and the Bible Project within it, and you can just YouTube 
Bible project so and good. find any book of the Bible and learn how to read it. Something you introduced me to on the Bible app too was uh, reading plans with friends. Yes, so good. Get the app. Accountability is a good thing. Invite your friends. You see the little check mark, but for me, as an achiever, I like to see the little check mark when I, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I finished the plan today. Oh, that feels really good. I'm growing with God. You're introducing to that. But hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the UND Chi Alpha podcast. If you would like to connect with us, you can visit us at undchialpha.com. Let's go reconcile students to Christ and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. See you next time.